It's Imaginary Foods, Lost Marbles, and Lawyers Learning to Fly. Welcome, everyone, to Rebooted. Rebooted, the podcast where we are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week, we talk about the 1991 Peter Pan reimagining Hook, starring Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, Julie Roberts, Bob Hoskins, and Dante Basco. Uh, honestly, I might cry at some point during this podcast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I cry every time I watch this movie, and this time was no exception. I was just weeping for the, like the last 20 minutes of this movie. Okay, so it really hits you when like it's about Peter finding his his happy thought and from him finding his happy thought to the very end of the movie, I, it's full waterworks, <laughs> like com- fully and complete waterworks. We should unpack this, this emotional, <laughs> this emotional might, roller coaster it, you're there on. There might be some breakthroughs today. <laughs> there might be some breakthroughs today. I watched this with a, uh, with a couple friends because, you know, vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, my other friend was weeping just as hard and Dana was just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong with both <laughs> I, I think I'm going to be on Dana's side with this. I, I did not shed a tear, and I have lots of questions. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> okay, mister. Uh, all right. Show's over now. You put that thing away. Now put it down before you poke somebody's eye out. You're not old enough to shave. What are you doing with a sword? Been flying around with this is an insurance nightmare. What is this, some sort of Lord of the Flies preschool? Where are your parents? Who's in charge here? No, no, Mr. Skunkhead with too much moose. You are just a punk kid. I want to speak to a grown-up. All grown-ups are pirates. Excuse me? We kill pirates. I'm not a pirate. So happens, I am a lawyer. Kill the lawyer! I'm not that kind of lawyer. Have you seen this movie before? No, this was my first time. Whoa! Okay, this is... Okay, very interesting because uh, uh, I... uh, This seems to be sort of a generational movie. Mm -hmm. And I wish someone would make a documentary about this film. Not so much the production, which itself is interesting, but like the history of this movie coming out. Because I feel like if you didn't see this movie when you were 10 years old or younger, (laughs) this movie is not your jam. But if you did, it becomes this magical classic that is undeniable. And, you know, um, critics hated this movie, hated this movie. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Even Spielberg, until Robin Williams' death, called it the worst film he's ever made. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is, I think, is a little harsh. I think it's, I think that's harsh. Um, but I think it's interesting. I think it's, I would, I want to, he- I'm very interested to hear your take as an adult human watching this movie, because I'm definitely coming from it as a child. Like it's, it's a huge part of my childhood. So, <laughs> so tread lightly. <laughs> so tread light. No, I've just had a lot of conversations with people in this industry about this movie and everyone who was, you know, like 12 or older are just mm-hmm. like, this movie is like corny trash and everyone that's my age or younger is like this is the greatest you know i don't want to say it's a christmas movie but you know it's it's Mm. it's wonderful it's a christmas movie the way that like little women is a christmas movie like christmas happens 
So (laughs) it's like the um, movie starts with a baseball game and it ends in Christmas. So I don't know how much (laughs) of a Christmas movie this really is. I will say I, I also have heard a big thing for people I know who have said they love this movie is they'll be like, I loved it. And then especially like women, I feel like will be like, well, I had a really big crush on Rufio. And so I was like, okay, respect. We all, we all had that person. This movie came out the year I was born. So that was not (laughs) my vibe, but, um, I did write down at one point, I think I would have loved this movie in the nineties. I think if it was something that I had just like caught on TV I would have loved it. But now, part of it might be that I probably saw Peter Pan, like the Disney movie, maybe like twice when I was seven. And so I, it was not a classic for me. And so I didn't, haven't seen it a ton. And so I just had lots of questions about the world that <laughs> I don't feel like were adequately answered. Like the scene we just saw where they tell, or that you just heard where they are, where Peter meets Rufio and all the lost boys. And he's like, who's in charge? And it's him. Like, is Pan a status? And when Peter was gone, is Rufio now the Pan? They say that a lot. Like he's the Pan. What's the Pan? I, I, uh, I think, no, I think it's... (laughs) Not. I think the pan is just a placeholder for like Peter's gone. So someone has to be like, it's almost like the Pope, right? Like (laughs) (laughs) almost just about. (laughs) You probably read the Bible more than I, but like Pete is Peter the first Pope. And then after Peter, it's like, they just like, they're like, well, someone has to be Peter. Right. I don't yeah, know. I I'm don't not. Know. I'm not Catholic, so I don't. I don't mess with the Pope. He seems like a fine guy, but I don't mess with that. <laughs> but yeah, I. I think I was just like how. Also, how how old are the Lost Boys? Because they knew Peter when he was like what, twelve? Yeah, so varying they, degrees of age. So they're like, some of these kids might be fifty, but they're children. I think the idea is that Rufio is the oldest at 15 or 14. Uh-huh. And the youngest is like four, maybe five. But like they've been on this, they've been in never, like you don't grow old. So like if they knew Peter when he was a child or when he was like the pan, yeah. that means that like what, 20, 30 years have passed? I think so. And, and they're still children. Yes, and they've gotten more lost boys because, you know, orphans just find their way to Neverland. Okay. See that again, that's not something I understand. (laughs) I don't understand the world of Peter Pan. I was very confused. Well, we'll get into it. Welcome everyone to Rebooted. I am Brian Flynn, and with me is my confused host, Kenna Trent. Kenna, how are you? I am doing great. (laughs) Good. (laughs) If it if it sounds like I just started taking medication (laughs) it's because i have (laughs) so (laughs) well we're here to talk about hook we're gonna take this classic hollywood movie and recast it as if it was to be remade today in 2021 what a year Uh, you know masks are coming off hopefully Mm -hmm. by the time you hear this we're all out at the beach hanging out having fun um 
But before we do that, uh, we're going to talk about some actual reboot news that is happening in Hollywood. Hollywood also, you know, chugging along with itself, never stopping, never stopping. Um, Can we spend this whole time just talking about Mortal Kombat? I, we have to do a side pod because it's it's <laughs> literally going to be an hour long podcast of how much we both love that oh, movie. Guys, I, I'll just say this. If you do it, I think oh, this isn't going to be out. Maybe it will before that because I think it leaves May 24th. No, it's not going to be out before then. Um, anyway, it'll probably still be in theaters. Go to a theater and watch the new Mortal Kombat. It is incredible on so many levels a lot of mixed reviews i say i'll say my recommendation is go with friends Mm -hmm. have a couple drinks don't be so uptight about it just let the movie come at you and i think you will i think you will enjoy yourself if you're sitting there alone watching it on like (laughs) hbo max wanting to hate it you're just gonna hate it right if you go in thinking i know this isn't gonna be good it won't be good to you. If you embrace the cheese and everything about it, you're going to be... I've seen it three times already. Let me educate you, motherfucker. I'm Kano of the Black Fucking Dragon. And who are you two, huh? You some fucking cave dweller, hippie twirling his anal beads, taking orders from this wushu wanker who wears a hubcap as a helmet. Now sit down, shut up, and pass me a fucking emerald. I, I I really enjoyed it the one time I saw it. I, I also recommend people checking it out. It's it's I mean it's 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 good. It, I don't, I'm sorry, it's good. I know people I know hated it. Fucking I don't a care. It's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um okay. all right. So that reboot news out of the way, we can get to this little piece of news right here. 20th Century Fox acquires revisionist Romeo and Juliet pick Rosaline with Caitlin Dever attached to star. 21 laps producing famously famously like we're a famous podcast famously we did this <laughs> two episodes back yep. um we did the baz lerman bat baz lerman romeo plus Ger- uh, juliet uh this news dropping last week our time um mm-hmm. 20th century studios has picked up rosaline uh, rosaline rosaline rosaline, rosaline. Rosalind. Rosaline? I don't know. How do they? I don't know how they say it. I don't know. I'll never learn how to pronounce names correctly, but I do believe it is. <laughs> this is true. Uh, yeah. What was it? What was the character's name? It's Rosaline. I'm trying to remember Rosaline. like how they say it. And I think it's Rosaline. Like that's maybe that's the correct way to say it in iambic pentameter to like make the okay. flow. I'm going with your suggestion. 20th Century Studios has picked up Rosaline, a comedic revisionist take on Romeo and Juliet that has Caitlin Dever attached to star. The film has been at MGM, but recently hit the market. And after being quickly acquired by 20th Century, the studio also tapped Karen Maine to direct. 21 Laps, Sean Levy, and Dan Cohen are producing. The script is based on the novel When You Were Mine by Rebecca Surley. And as a modern twist on the classic tale of Romeo and Juliet, we see, quote, the most famous love story ever told through the eyes of Juliet's cousin, Rosaline a sharp but idealistic young woman who happens to be Romeo's recent ex. 500 Days of Summer scribe Scott Neustadter Stater and Michael H. Weber penned the script. Um, I think this is great. I, I, um, we, I mean, in our recent episode that you guys can check out, 
talked about the classic Shakespeare tale of the most emo teenage story ever written. Um, I kind of like this weird Rosencrantz and Guildenstern scorned lover kind of dodged a bullet uh, story um, that I think could be really funny. Yeah, I I think we talked a lot about how dumb the characters are. I think this is a fun... This is a fun telling of like what happened to the woman that like five minutes before he saw Juliet, Romeo was prepared <laughs> to was so heartbroken over. Like what what does she have to say about the insanity of the story? I think that's really cool. It's definitely think- we wanted a modern take. I think this is this book sounds like a really fun, different take. I I keep thinking it like the analogy of this is like you break up with someone and then they immediately start dating someone like really famous. Mm. And so mm. it's like, how do you handle that? <laughs> like as an ex, yes. you know, as an ex or like it's uh, another bad example is, is sort of like shades of forgetting Sarah Marshall, right? Like. I've never seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall. What? I watch tons of movies. There's just like dumb little holes. You know what I mean? D- dumb little holes? Yeah. I never saw that one. What? I never saw Dumb Little Holes. Who's in that? <laughs> um, who's a dumb little hole? <laughs> uh, that would be an interesting category of people. Um, I won't call anybody a dumb little hole. But... Uh, I I definitely think crap. I was going to say something. What was the first thing you can? Comp- oh, it's interesting because this British comedian I love, James Acaster, has a whole special about like the worst year of his life. And one of the things he talks about is that his girlfriend at the time broke up with him because she was in a play with a famous British actor that she dated, and the actor was Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean. <laughs> so honestly i would i would watch that that version of it too of like what <laughs> you I, I think it's available on vimeo if you guys want to go watch it it's actually a really oh funny God. special but that, um that was not a name i thought you were gonna say but i mean i get it like it affected him it really messed with his self-esteem but you're right there is something fun about like two families are literally about to murder each other over this relationship. And like, you couldn't get the time of day. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what should else we... about this thing? Yeah, we should move on. I guess I'll just say that, uh, Caitlin Dever is a very funny up and coming actress and she's great. You know, book smart was wonderful. So I'm totally in. I'm in. Thousand yeah. Percent. I, I love her a lot. That I felt very sincere. I love her. Um, okay, so the next story we have is sort of not a story, <laughs> but uh, because it's one of those uh, a Lionsgate TV executive gave an interview, he was mostly talking about um, the Continental, the John Wick television series that they're making, and threw in, I think, some other franchises that Lionsgate has that they want to make into television shows into television shows those are 
Saw and American Psycho. Apparently American Psycho is in development being worked on and Saw is something they're tossing around into the world of television. Um, so what do we think about this? I think American Psycho is like, would make like a fun, like FX limited series. Um, Saw could, I mean, Saw could, I think, live comfortably on like the sci-fi channel for many years. Um, (laughs) I mean, they're both, I mean, they're both franchises that I think we would like to see. I know I would like to see more of. Um, do we think television is the right place to take it? You know, at first, I, you know, I, it, American Psycho is also a movie that we've done in our dark, dark past mm-hmm. episodes back. I love that movie. I love that book. It's so oh, like horrifying and and darkly funny. I wasn't convinced until you said like, yeah, I could see it on FX. And then suddenly it did pop in my head that it could be something that could live today. And, you know, I, I think the same kind of themes and commentary about America are still happening today, unfortunately. And so, yeah, I, I'm kind of now I'm leaning to the idea that's like, yes, I think American Psycho could find a fun home on like, you know, HBO or FX or like mm-hmm. if Apple really wants to take a shot at it, like because they just need the content. I, I think it could be something that they could really lean on. Yeah. Um, so I agree. I think it would be really interesting to to see a longer setup for American Psycho that has more. Um, I mean, the movie's very much exactly like the book, but there's some things that they take out of it, and I th- mm-hmm. feel like television show will allow you to kind of encompass the whole book. I don't know how you can continue past the book mm-hmm. um, because I just I don't know how you. I mean, the book's not a mystery. It's sort of just like, right. it's a commentary on America. Oh, who gives a rat's ass? Hey, that affects us. Oh, well, what about the massacres in Sri Lanka, honey? Doesn't that affect us too? I mean, do you know anything about Sri Lanka? How like the Sikhs are killing like tons of Israelis over there? Come on, Bryce. There are a lot more important problems in Sri Lanka to worry about. Like what? Well, we have to end apartheid for one and slow down the nuclear arms race stop terrorism and world hunger. Most importantly, we have to promote general social concern and less materialism in young people. <laughs> Patrick, <laughs> how thought-provoking. Uh, and for Saw, I mean, you're the Saw expert. I really want to see Spiral. I haven't seen it yet. Apparently it's good. Um, I agree. I think it could... Uh, horror TV, I think, is... Horror in general is just it's just owning. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm sort of rambling at this point, but it's like <laughs> I think Saw I think Saw could have a long life, you know, on, on television is like um it's weird. It's like I've been watching Mayor of Easttown and it's a it's a pretty good mm-hmm. show. Yeah. But like to to take a IP as iconic as Saw with, you know, a very iconic serial killer, like Mastermind, I think people would watch it for sure. Yeah, I think it's interesting you bring up Mare of Easttown because it, it is that sort of hyper-realistic, just like dirty small town detective kind of show. And at the root... Saw is about 
a serial killer and the cops trying to find that person. And so honestly, you could create like the movies could be reserved for more of the like hyper gore thing, but the show could be very much like not a procedural, but like a, a cop drama of like yeah. the detectives who get, especially cause like in the movies, the detectives investigating always get murdered. <laughs> so like <laughs> there's space there to be like, yeah, everybody involved like gets sucked into the world. Um, but yeah, I think they're just considering expanding. Cause I know, um, I mean, <laughs> spirals, the number one movie of the weekend, not a lot of movies are out, but like it's making money. And uh, I think they're already just considering a, a new version of the franchise that takes it in a different direction. I won't spoil anything. There's a new like killer, totally sort of like off the inspired by Jigsaw, but like off the map of him. So um, yeah, I think it's like, there's so many directions you could take. I'd be in for it. Yeah, I and my whole like parallel to Mayor of Easttown is just like, you know, there's a lot of like original detective shows, original horror shows. I feel like the crossover from feature film IP into TV, well, not the best track record like Scream. I don't know how long that show lasted. Um, trying to think of other, you know, I think that's really the only way I can think of. But I feel like Saw, I mean, you could you can I think there's possibility to have a prolonged horror series mm-hmm. on television. So I, again, this is this is sort of like an IP dump that Beggs yeah. just sort of like was like, oh, by the way, we got this, so we got this, so we got this. It's it's like this is really just like Hollywood buzz, so that like mm-hmm. people can like click and Google Respond. these articles. Um, but I, I think it would work. Yeah, I do. I do. We just have to open our hearts. <laughs> I mean, it's just like I've I've so much shit to watch. So I, let's let's <laughs> as as we can push these a little bit. I'll I'll be good with it. Um, mm-hmm. um, all right, I think that's it for all the news. Mm-hmm. Unless you have anything else you're you're hiding. <laughs> any any secret news? Yeah. No secret um, news. You ready to talk about this movie? Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys, this is our reboot of Hook. Hand over my son now, and you and your men may go free. Why don't you ask the lad yourself? Jack, someone to see you. Son. Jack, give me your hand. We're going home. I am home. Ha, 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 Good form. You see, Peter, he is my son. He loves me dearly, and I am prepared to fight dearly for him. I waited long to shake your hand with this. Peter Pan, prepare to meet thy doom. Dark and sinister man, have at thee. Don't you love it, Manny? Won't you shed blood and do not cruelty at all to stop? Ah, it's a pirate's life, my lad. Jack, Jack. Don't I know him, Captain? No, son, you've never seen him before in your life. Jack. You won't believe this. I found my happy thought. Took me three days to find it. Guess what happened when I did? I went. You know what my happy thought was? It was you. How are we feeling? Are the emotions hitting? 
Waterworks. <laughs> it's waterworks over here. <sighs> Heavy breaths. Heavy breaths. Uh, I mean, it does beg the question, how long does it take to brainwash someone? <laughs> three days, apparently. Apparently Probably three days. Less. He well, does not- you know, they're in a magical space island, right? Like, it's not like <laughs> okay. a normal place. Okay. Uh-huh. You know... Especially if you're going someplace and they're just like, it's one thing to kidnap someone and like bury them. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to kidnap someone and give them everything they've ever wanted. Right. Right. It's a little bit different for Jack. Like a dad who comes to his baseball games. Dad who's there for him. Um, (laughs) uh, Hook directed by Senor Spielbergo. Director of such movies as Indiana Jones, Jaws, mm-hmm. and E.T. Um, stars Robin Williams as the titular Peter Pan slash Peter Banning. Dustin Hoffman as Captain James Hook. Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell. Bob Hoskins as Smee or Shmee. I believe it's Smee. I think Smee. so. Uh, and Dante Basco as the iconic Rufio. Um so just for people who are listening, uh, you know, in choosing our cast, we decided to go with Rufio over Wendy because he seemed like maybe he'd be a little more interesting choice to talk about specifically for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also besides, like Maggie Smith could play this role today because yeah. she like. It's true. She was 57 when they made this movie and they like aged her up identical to how she looks now at age like 83 or whatever she is mm-hmm. um so yeah we decided rufio would be would be better um all right why don't you hit me with some of your questions i feel like we should you know i'm here sitting on my in my chair gushing about this movie what are some what are some <laughs> kind of thoughts um one of my thoughts was am i supposed to know what bangerang means no. Does anybody know? Yes. I looked this up in the trivia. Okay. It's it's like it's like a Jamaican colloquialism. Okay. You've lost me. <laughs> These it's kids. a Jamaican it's a Jamaican colloquialism for like chaos or disorder. Okay. It generally means like ruckus. Okay. 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 <laughs> I think said so many times that I was like wow maybe I've just missed maybe this is what I missed in the in like the original Peter Pan like they just I don't know the lingo I'm she's, not I'm not hip to thing, it Kenna. it's not bangerang isn't a word as much as it's a state of mind do you understand what I'm saying <laughs> okay how do I get into the bangerang state of, take me there well it's like you just have to you have to be able to be in a space Mm-hmm. For play and mischief, right? Okay. What would the Lost Boys do? Like, that's the motto you got to be thinking. Would they steal? Yes. Would they blow stuff up? Yes. Would they cause mischief? Yes. Would they you be know? fat phobic? Yes. <laughs> well, it's the 90s. It's a different time. Plus. <laughs> no! Chubbs. His name's Chubbs, right? Is that the kid's name? That in and of itself is a, is a problem. He takes over. As, first of all, he's elected the pan. Well, That's he's not true. elected. Pan basically gives him, uh, spoiler alert, gives him the title of pan. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? 
whatever. You know, Lost Boys can progress as much as we can, you know? Change happens slowly over time. I, I like to imagine wherever the Lost Boys are now, they're very woke. Extremely. Yeah. Uh, maybe they'll the maybe fact- they'll they'll allow females in their contingency but that's the thing too is that we hear that like when peter pan was there like his other orphan friends from or like he went to get orphan friends from the orphanage right Mm -hmm. from wendy's house so there were women there like there were girls there right but they they can't be lost boys no i think this Okay, now you're confused. I think the origin is that, like, Peter runs away from home, uh-huh. never wants to grow up, somehow oh, no, no, is no, found no. by he Tinkerbell. He doesn't run away from home. He is sitting on top of a precarious hill in a, in a, <laughs> in a little uh, pram, and the pram just falls down, whoop yeah. whoop whoop and yeah. he gets lost. First he will attend Whitehall, then Oxford, and of course... After graduation, he will prepare for a judgeship in the highest court, making time for marriage and family and all of that, just like his father. Isn't that what grown-ups want for their children? I was afraid because I didn't want to grow up, because everybody who grows up has to die someday. So I ran away. Destiny calls, and he makes a wish. Destiny arrives, <laughs> takes him away. It's the most insane thing I've ever seen. It's he's magic. Like recalling his life, being like, oh, yeah, my mom just, like, wasn't watching, and I disappeared. Shall we get started? I uh, I, I feel like I, I, I'm going to take the lead here and just okay. talk about Peter. Here's Good the thing. I, <sighs> Robin Williams... What can I say about Robin Williams, who may be my favorite actor of all time? Bar He's a none. legend. Uh, he is like one of three people that could like make my father laugh. So I th- feel like that in my history is like this. Mm-hmm. This man is important and I need to learn from him. Um, he was he's just incredible in this role. Like I. The one thing I don't like about Robin Williams in this movie, which still bugs me to this day, is that he pronounces his wife Moira's name as Mora the whole movie. And it drives me nuts. Like, her name uh-huh. is Moira. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine being married to someone for, like, 15 years and they just pronounce your – they refuse to pronounce your name correctly? That'd be insane. Maybe she's very passive. Also, he's known her since she was like a child. So essentially her whole life. Yeah, that whole scene is very problematic. He's a bit of a he's a huge creeper when he meets Moira for the first time. Here's the thing. How old are these orphans? Really? If you never grow up in Neverland. I think Peter is like 13. I think Peter stays 13 until he meets Moira and then he comes back more and more and decides that he's just going to stay. But he stays 13. How long has he been 13? So he meets her in the 60s. Yeah. I I think he's like, I think he's somewhere like 73 because he's, he runs away in like the early 1900s and then he stays during like, what's the post our hard days night, which came out in 1960. It would have been in the 60s. Yeah. Two late sixties? Oh, I don't know. We have so the I was hard days night, nineteen sixty four. Okay. Um, yeah, he's probably like sixty 
by the time he meets Moira, he just looks 13. Then he has the brain. He's the mental brain of a 12 year old. That's very troubling. <laughs> it's like the opposite of like interview with a vampire where like she's a she's like an actual toddler and has the life has like the brain of like a 50 year old person like this. But also interesting commentary on the state of men. You know, he could be 40 and still be 13. Ladies, am I right? <laughs> I feel like you're trying to take the magical whimsy of Peter Pan <laughs> and apply like monster logic, like magic to which I have on record stated that like, if you're going to make a movie about magic, mm-hmm. you need to have rules or else nothing here really makes sense. Yeah. I feel like we should just dismiss that. This is a movie about imagination and like, you know, childhood wonder. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need to attribute like logic games to like how old Peter is and like, is can is his blood i mean he's not eating either you know what i mean like he doesn't eat real yeah. food so how is he alive at all it's unless all just you, imaginary unless magic. you believe in like transubstantiation by which the food becomes real inside his body right Maybe. which i guess is what they're saying look i we, we can sit here all day and, and debate we're here to recast it's very <laughs> It's very hard to find someone who could deliver such a performance as Robin Williams did because mm-hmm. as much fun as it is to watch Peter return to his childlike form, he has to kind of be like a huge piece of shit to his kids in that first act. Uh, and Robin Williams nails it. So I had a very difficult time trying to find an actor who could do both. So I leaned more towards the comedy whimsy of it. Probably going to get murdered for this pick, but... okay. We'll see. Um, I picked the ageless Paul Rudd. Okay. Yeah. That's a really fun pick. Who hates Paul Rudd? Nobody. Nobody. The man looks like he's 20 years old. Yep. I mean, maybe right there you could explain why Paul Rudd doesn't age. He was a lost <laughs> boy for 60 fucking years. And all that fairy dust is just like in his blood and it's just keeping him young. I just think it's like I think that's like someone that you would want to watch. Yeah. On this very long two and a half hour movie, like kind of go through that transformation and be- and, and spring out of the tree and the fountain of youth as like Peter fucking Pan. I don't know. Could be fun. I I agree. Like I think he does the like because there has to be like oh we believe he's not just like playing games. He genuinely doesn't remember about his past life. And then he does, and there's something really, like, sweet and heartwarming about him remembering and, like, going back to his family that way. But you're right. Like, I hate Robin Williams at the beginning of this movie. It is, it is like, they almost take it too far with how far he goes to into being unlikable as, like, a person, as a father, like hate i i hated him you took a five billion dollar deal falling apart because of this why didn't somebody just shoot me in the head everybody just shut up i'm sorry and leave me alone for one moment more get him out of here will you i'm on the phone call of my life and so i wonder if i would get to that place with paul rudd or if i'd just be like maybe 
He's doing his best. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying so hard. He's made, he's trying. He, how do you think we afford trips to trips to London? Daddy's got to work. Um, but no, I think you're, I think you're right that like this, if you go on like the comedy and the fun of it, he is the kind of person who would, he has like a youthful energy to play Peter Pan as well as Peter businessman. Um, which is not his name. <laughs> um, I, uh, okay. I took an interesting look at this because I kept telling myself that there was a part of me that wanted someone who just felt like they could have been Peter Pan when they were a kid. Like you could have cast them as Peter Pan as a child. Mm, um, that's interesting. So I bypassed a very obvious choice to go for Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Wow. That's really good. Um, that's pretty cool. Wait, would his Peter Pan have the long third rock from the sun? Kind of. <laughs> the like mid-level. The mop. Yeah. Well, I mean, he would. That's the interesting thing is that when Peter becomes Peter Pan, all of a sudden he's like fully hair gelled into like a new, a new creature, a yeah. new being. He's reborn. Um so I don't know. There might be something funky going, but as like clean cut businessman, like he would just be. How old is he? Third, 40? He's 40. Wow. You know what, Kenna? I'm in. I, I really, I like this. I'm going to watch your version. Oh, okay. That's okay. fun. I'll, we'll see how things go from here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a great pick. And I think because like, I mean, acting wise aside, I just feel like, yeah, you just like you'd see him and you'd just be like, yeah, he he used to be Peter. Like, you know, when they like mush yeah. Robin Williams face, they probably wouldn't even <laughs> have to mush it so much. They would just be like, yeah, because there are times in this movie, I'll admit, where like Robin Williams is running around in his like leaf costume mm -hmm. and you're like, <laughs> he kind of looks insane. Like he kind of yeah. does look insane. But you could, I could totally see Joseph Gordon-Levitt like arriving on Neverland and then being like, yeah, oh shit, like it is you. Oh my God, you're so tall and like old. What's happened to you? <laughs> we have the benefit of having seen him as a child actor and seeing like the youthful spirit and the sort of like cute, funny version of him that has become like serious actor. But yeah. So, I mean, maybe that is part of it, just being able to be like, well, yeah, we knew him when he just straight up could have played Peter Pan. So, but that was the vibe I was looking for. That's, not, that's great. Uh, shall we move on to Captain Hook? Yeah. Played Captain, by Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman, who is like kind of unrecognizable. I had to look up who it was because I was like, I know I know who this person is, but who is it? Dana thought it was Tim Curry her whole life. Oh, until like this week, she was just like, wait, that's Tim Curry. I was like, no, it's Dustin Hoffman. And then her brain fritzed, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious, considering like the kind of accent he's doing, like Tim Curry's would have been so much more like, like specific and natural. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, it really was one of those moments where I was like, I guess like it's a choice. And he's a great actor, so like I'm, I'm. There's nothing wrong with the performance. It just certainly is a choice, um, and 
and and maybe maybe Spielberg was making the non-obvious choice of like people who aren't like the Tim Curry's who are like the specific character like maybe he was like I don't want that vibe I want it to be like a I want it to be just like a great actor really going for it I feel like among the now great because I don't know like I wouldn't call who I picked character actor but like I just think we have people like looking through it. I was like, I hate Johnny Depp, but like the obvious choice is is someone like Johnny Depp who like really goes for the characters. And so I feel like I picked someone. It's my turn, right? Yeah. I picked someone that I was like, is not fully in that zone, but has been making a lot of choices that feel like it's in this area. And so I feel like they would have fun in the space. Um, We'll see how it goes. Um, but I picked Robert Downey Jr. Oh, that's really interesting. I would like he crossed my mind briefly for Pan, but he's too old. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paul Rudd's 52, but is he really? But he um, looks great. <laughs> I could see that. I mean, if he's going to do his little like Dr. Doolittle Sherlock Holmes accent, I mean, okay. Um, it's weird that you said that like Dustin Hoffman is like nearly unrecognizable in this part. I feel like that's a testament to the fact that like, he carries the other half of this movie mm-hmm. because it's like whenever you're not on Robin Williams, you better have someone like at equal footing to make sure that the other half of this movie is like just as like pops just as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Downey is that guy, you know, like I mean, he's fucking Downey. I didn't see Doolittle. I heard it was awful. But like, you know, I don't know. You you watch the guy ride a bike up an escalator and you just be like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. But I'm entertained. You know, like, what did I just? Oh, I was watching Tropic Thunder this morning. Mm, (laughs) I was mm -hmm. just like, I mean, this is like peak Downey. He's just doing insane. He's in blackface and we're all like, this is all right. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Like he has gone for it before in a way where like, I feel like almost like Iron Man has really, really adjusted our, really adjusted our view of him. But he is kind of always, I think, especially post, uh, post like rehab. Like he's definitely in the business of just like, doing things a little wacky and making kind of insane choices. Like yeah. he generally was not doing very super grounded stuff in that phase of his life until, which not like, not like Marvel movies are super grounded, but the character is grounded. So yeah. Okay. Who, uh, you got? who do I got? I went in a different direction. I wanted someone who could, I wanted someone who was known for, for being a great actor, for being a great villain, but who could play off kind of like a dry sense of humor. One of my favorite moments in this movie is when Hook becomes suicidal in the bathtub. Like, that's a (laughs) weird... That's such a (laughs) weird... Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't you dare try to stop me this time, Smee. Try to stop me. Me, you better get up off your ass. Get over here, Smee. I'm coming. I'm coming. This is not a joke. I'm committing suicide. Don't ever frighten me like that again. I'm sorry. Well, I'm some kind of a sadist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How do you feel now? 
I want to die. I'm now, now. It's such a weird introspective idea of this character that like only lives to kill this child. And now the child's come back and he's a fat man. And like he's like an old middle-aged, like lazy, paunchy human. And like he's at, he's just like the grand plan of his war is over. So he might as well end it. And I feel like there's such a weird humor in that that this actor can do. I ended up picking Ray Fiennes and not Harry Potter Ray Fiennes. I'm talking in Bruges. <laughs> yes. Ray Fiennes, you know, yes. like because Captain Hook doesn't come out in this movie until 40 minutes in. Mm-hmm. So when he's revealed, you kind of want like a big presence to be like, oh, fuck. Like it's yeah. fucking Ray Fiennes. Like this isn't going to go well. But also that he can kind of be that that swarthy pirate that, you know, he's sort mm. of like an intellectual. Um, I'm losing my thoughts here, but, you know, he's charming, right? Like he he yeah. he's neg- he negotiates with Tinkerbell to, to like put this charade on. He's just like, all right, fine. I'll give you three days. Then after that, <laughs> I'm going to kill your whole family. Right. Like that to me is like Ray Fiennes in a nutshell. No, I think that's really, that's a really good kind of out of the blue choice because he does have great villain energy, but there's also like a specific dry British wit that mm-hmm. I think is, that they often make fun of, that I think he would bring to to the to the space we're creating that we call Neverland. Yeah. Let's, um, right. let's do it. Cast it. All right, moving on to Tinkerbell, played by Julia Roberts, who apparently was a nightmare on this movie. Um, yeah, I guess. what was it about her, like, running away? <laughs> okay, so I pulled this off IMDb. Um, so Julia Roberts almost put the production into jeopardy when she fled California after her wedding to Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> was called off. She decided to avoid the press by hiding out in Ireland. A furious Steven Spielberg reportedly threatened to fire her if she didn't return immediately. In 1999, she made the movie Runaway Bride. Um, I don't know. I guess there's shit going on in her personal life. I had no idea she dated Kiefer Sutherland. Um, um, (laughs) And it just didn't work out. It didn't work out. She was also filming her scenes against like blue screen by mm-hmm. herself for like months. Yeah. So I could understand that like just being isolated and having to perform on like those giant blue screen sound stages, you know, it probably drives it crazy. So I don't know. Who knows where she was at that point? But I will say this. This is definitely the thirstiest version of Tinkerbell I've ever seen in my life. I was going to say... Like, people are just, like, hot for Peter in a way that. It <laughs> doesn't make sense. You don't. <laughs> I don't know why that really caught me. But, like, at, like there's a. Oh, well, there's that point at first where, like, Wendy's trying to, like, appeal to his nature and is like, like, you loved me once. And I was like, geez, Wendy, calm down. And then Tinkerbell becomes, like, human size and is like, I just always wanted to kiss you. Like, I don't understand. I don't I mean, understand. It, Peter is the quintessential, like, 90s swoop boy haircut, like, pop, teen pop, tiger beat poster boy. Like... Forever youthful. <laughs> Neverland. No responsibilities. 
like always an adventure. I wouldn't say oh, go so far as say he's a bad boy because he's not a bad boy because he doesn't really. He mean he's a good guy, but like I mean, he's got like Robin know. Robin Hood bad boy energy. Like it's not really bad, but like he is breaking the law, you know. Yeah, he's he's just he's mischievous, you know, and it's like for young girls. I feel like that is kind of a that's a kind of that's a check. That's a check mark. That's green light. I think it's also like a, a commentary on how like on how like the version between like like little girls just being like, he's cute and he wears leaves and then like adult women being like oh wow you were 14 for like 40 years absolutely not i'm gonna need you to see a therapist and then we'll have a ch- then we'll have a conversation like i don't know but also like tinkerbell is wait yeah that was another weird thing about the world i didn't understand is is she the only fairy she's the only fairy in this movie i think in the mythos of Peter Pan, there's way more fairies, but she's like Pan's best friend. They have all their adventures together. I think she might be secretly in love with him, but I was thinking she about is. this because like she is <laughs> fully in love with him. But like, I, I don't here's I was trying to think of a different dynamic for her for this movie because it's just sort of like. I don't know, maybe it works. It's just really sad when he's just like, yeah, I, I came back, but like I'm married. I have kids like. I'm never going to be with you. And she's just like, oh, yeah, right. And then just like shrinks down and is just like, (laughs) so I was trying to think of like a different angle to come at it for her. And maybe it's just like maybe the threat of Hook, like destroying Neverland is a little more upfront than say, I secretly love Peter. We need to save your kids. Like, because really, if her strategy is to get Peter back, she wouldn't really want him to save his kids, right? She, she would want him to stay forever. So then she kind of becomes like a bad guy. So I was thinking, trying to think of it in that way. And I wanted to cast an actress that I feel like in the current space, we're all really enjoying. And she has a real interesting look to her that you kind of like, are you an alien? Are you a fairy? <laughs> I don't know. I went with Anya Taylor-Joy because you know what? Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. great. And I feel like that's definitely someone that I would – you know, could see flying around on a blue screen and still make me feel the feelings of like, oh shit, like this lady is a packs a tiny, she's a, you know, small package, but packs a tiny punch and is whipping (laughs) Peter into shape, you know? I don't know. Um, I think that's a really good choice because I love Anya Taylor's joy and she has, she has a, she has fairy energy. (laughs) <laughs> big fairy energy big fairy energy i think she i think she would execute this very proficiently hmm. and i can Who did I you pick? Li- literally just watch her do anything um sorry yeah. I, I didn't mean to cut you off but i'm very curious <laughs> you're just dying to know i had two i had two immediate thoughts i think when i was like oh because like no disrespect to julia roberts but like really this just was not. <laughs> this just was. It felt very off to me. What about the name Hook? Is that how you want to be remembered? As a bully? Or as the great warrior who defeated a heroic pan? You promised people the war of the century. Your whole life has been building to this moment. Mortal Kombat, glory. Hook versus Pan! That is not Pan. 
So I had two thoughts. First of all, because I immediately, this is not the person I picked, but I have to explain this. My immediate okay. thought was Lady Gaga because, um, because there's, I, this is one thing I do know about Peter Pan is that Tinkerbell needs like applause to, to like live and uh, honestly like go off sis. But that is like I've seen Lady Gaga live before and that's something she has like said out loud and that I thought was so <laughs> hilarious and she was like I'm like Tinkerbell I need applause and I was just like yes fly um, but then the second person that popped into my head I thought was a much more interesting choice and I think would give a different kind of energy to Tinkerbell very much less like what is her motive and more like well she's just as mischievous and fun loving as Peter is supposed to be. And that's why they're friends. I picked Beanie Feldstein. Whoa. I like her for this. I think you broke my brain. (laughs) I think in two different ways, we both picked people who have fairy energy. Like there is something like magical and fun about them, but in honestly in two different ways. Yes. There's something really funny about, uh, Sorry, is it Bernie? What's her name? Beanie Feldstein. Beanie. Which, if you, yeah, if you don't know who that is, sister of Jonah Hill and star of yeah. Booksmart. I, I keep screen. thinking of her in the TV show version of What We Do in the Shadows, where she oh, like yeah. slowly <laughs> turns into a vampire. Yes. It is so funny. It is so funny. Um, so I'm just like sort of seeing her as that. I like I, I have a problem where I'm like, I'm tr- I try not to associate her with anything her brother has ever done, mm-hmm. but like it's hard, right? So like, uh, I also recently watched Jonah Hill in Superbad and one other movie of his earlier movies of his like this weekend, and so now I'm sort of thinking about like Jonah Hill as Tinkerbell, and like that's not <laughs> correct for for her, but um, I think she's really fun and interesting. And as someone who has like a dynamic presence that could be really great in like a Neverland situation mm-hmm. or not situation, but, but scenario environment, whatever. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Should Moving we move on, on to Smee? To Smee. Played by Bob Hoskins, the late great Bob Hoskins, who uh, passed away, I think like a couple months around the time Robin Williams did. Um, has my favorite line of this movie by far, which is mm-hmm. like when the, t- the, the, the tides are turning against Hook and Hook is like, Smee, do something. And Smee immediately runs into the captain's quarters and is just like, Smee, Smee, what about Smee? Smee, 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 what about me? <laughs> what about me? <laughs> then he just starts pillaging. And I just like, it's uh, so good. He's so, he was so good in this movie. Uh, it makes me want to watch. It almost makes me want us to do the Mario Brothers movie with him and John Leguizamo, which is like nearly unwatchable. Okay. But I've never I, seen that. I would be fascinated. <laughs> it's whoa. Um, uh, I, okay. So it's your turn. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I had an interesting take on Smee because, again, I felt like there were obvious choices for this. 
And I just kind of wanted to go in a different direction because I think a way to add some fun comedy to this is if Smee was a woman, but like, we just don't acknowledge it. Like, it's not like anything is different. And it's not even like she's doing like dress. Like, it's not like she's doing a, a, a man impression or like trying to mm-hmm. be a man. She's just a woman. And that's that. Um, and so I, I just, I happened upon this person, I think in really like digging through some of these people for Smee. And I was like, this just makes me laugh thinking about it. I picked Amy Poehler. <laughs> okay. Whoa. What? Yeah. Is she British? She can be whatever she wants to be. She can be whatever I want. That's interesting. I can't, I'm, I, here's what I'm realizing is like, because you have, you're not so precious about this movie. You're taking mm-hmm. it in really fun and interesting <laughs> ways. And because I'm so precious, like precious with it that I'm just like, I'm static. Like I, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm unwavering in like in my, it's cause I picked Stephen Graham from Boardwalk Empire, who is pretty much like a Bob Hoskins type. Um, but I think Amy Poehler would be really crazy. Interesting. Uh, Too yeah. crazy? <laughs> For this movie? I mean, Glenn Close was a pirate. Did you know wait, this? Did you know wait, this what? bit of trivia? In the movie? Glenn Close. Yeah, she is a cameo. There are so many cameos in this movie. <laughs> it's kind of insane. Okay, yeah, I feel like I know this man, Stephen Graham. He was in Boardwalk Empire. He was in Snatch. Um, he was in the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean, Tinker okay, Taylor yes. Soldier Spy. He's just in a lot of stuff. He was in The Irishman, yeah. Rocket Man, Hellboy. Uh, there's just so much. He's just one of those guys that you're just like, oh, yeah, he's just kind of in everything. T- taboo. Yeah, it um, seems like he like he really blends into because there's like so many shows that I'm like, well, yeah, I've seen him in this, but I I wasn't like necessarily like seeing him. Um, but yeah, solid yeah, choice. I, yeah, I think it's like between you your choice and my choice, I kind of see where you're going versus where I'm just fully. St- stuck in 1991 and the Mm -hmm. nostalgia of this movie well maybe my next pick will break me out of that because i i had a really hard time with this um so Mm -hmm. moving on to rufio played by dante basco uh rufio to me is an icon like i don't know any asian kid who didn't wish that they could be fucking rufio like this guy was like he was like ziggy stardust and bruce lee and like Millie Vanilli. Like, I don't know why I put Millie Vanilli in there. I already had Ziggy Stardust. Um, so this was difficult. I um, I don't know if I necessarily love who I picked, though I do think that they're a great actor in their own right. It just feels like it could be a weird pick. So, but you know what? Fuck it. Um, I ended up picking Daphne Keene from His oh. Dark Materials. Okay, okay, okay. Very hot right now. Very Post. hot right now. I, his dark materials, or what else was she in? She was yeah. in Logan. She's the little girl in Logan. Yeah, there was so much buzz on her. I think after Logan, and so it's interesting that she's doing this sort of like HBO series that I never hear anybody talking about. Really, essentially, like to me, Rufio is basically a super cool bully. 
So yeah. I was trying to go with that vibe. <laughs> like who uh-huh. could bully the shit out of my main character, my main actor for like 50 minutes and then have one of the most heart-wrenching emotional breakthroughs <laughs> at the end of the movie. I'm going to start crying about Rufio's death right now. But Right, he um, dies. Do you know what I wish? I wish I had a dad like you. I fully have a emotional <laughs> meltdown. But this is what I realized after watching it this time. After so after I'm wiping the tears, I realized that they just abandoned Rufio's body on the pirate ship. <laughs> yes. He dies and then Peter essentially flies away to go save Mag. No, he's already saved Maggie. He comes in, Rufio dies. And then for some reason he's just like he just leaves. They both, him and Hook, just leave the body. Jack steps over Rufio. Sorry, don't know who you are, complete stranger. <laughs> like the Lost Boys never mourn him. They never go back to collect him. They, there's no grieving period. Rufio is just dead, and he just like vanishes from the Matrix, and no one ever talks about it again. It's pretty sad. It is, and I mean, maybe this is a result of the fact that everyone in Neverland is a child, unless you're a pirate. <laughs> Yeah. Like they just also it took no time for for Jack to just forget he had a whole dad. So maybe it's like <laughs> a weird it's a weird atmospheric thing. It's like a midsomar. You just you don't know. <laughs> Things are fuzzy. You can't leave. Tinkerbell's feeding them like soup with nasty things in it. <laughs> Gross. Oh, uh, <laughs> did I just get? Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, if you've seen Midsummer, you know Blah. what I'm talking about. But... <laughs> Who did you pick? I picked for my Rufio Julian Dennison. Um of, <laughs> of uh Hunt for the Wilder People and The Christmas Chronicles 2 and Godzilla versus Kong. Um Someone who I think yeah. I, I think has been very buzzworthy and honestly always delivers. Like I enjoy seeing him in things and think he would be I think he would carry that energy of like he was essentially a villain a villain. <laughs> a villain in the Christmas Chronicles. Like I think he could serve the like I'm the pan now and I'm in charge and you're just an old man and then yeah, have like- the turn insecure kid who's just like in desperate need of parenting like and the love of a parent totally he's he's really funny i hope that he finds you know more projects like hunt for the wilder people because like it's like cool to see him in deadpool and godzilla versus kong or whatever but like he was like amazing in hunt for the wilder people so like he can do way more dramatic stuff than these like mega blockbusters yeah. let him do. Um, so I think that's a great pick. Um, I really like it. We did it. We did it. Um, okay. Let's see. Is that it? Yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, I guess we'll just have to move on to our most lovely, most lovely, our, our favorite. 
I'm out of I'm out of like weird descriptors, guys. Uh-huh. Barry fucking Pepper. Where does he go? Um, I watched a trailer for Barry's latest movie, which I can't. Oh. Is it Shooter? What is it? I don't really it? remember what it's called. Oh, I don't know. Looks bad. I don't know, Barry. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Doesn't look great. Um, Barry. Uh, who did you? Where did you put Mr. Pepper? Um, I made him Inspector Good, the police inspector played by Phil Collins in oh. the original. I made him Gutless, the Boo Box Pirate, played by Glenn Close. Yay, famous cameos! Uh, other famous cameos in this movie. Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth! Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, what? it's like Jimmy her second Buffett. movie. Jimmy Buffett was the pirate who, who came after Peter's shiny shoes when he gets there. Oh my gosh. Uh, David Crosby is also in this movie. Wait, is David Crosby the one that goes after his shoes? David Crosby. David Crosby, I think, is the pirate that tries to take his shoes. Don't remember. Um, I'm too lazy to look it up. Uh, yeah, Phil Collins uh, and Glenn Close also had weird cameos in this movie. Uh, other cameos in this movie... Um, so I guess Carrie Fisher, this is trivia I pulled off IMDb. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher was Steven Spielberg's original prototype for Tinkerbell. Carrie Fisher did some uncredited rewriting on the final draft of the screenplay. Hmm. And the kissing couple at the end who begins to float when fairy dust lands on them apparently were George Lucas and Carrie Fisher. I don't know how I can prove this. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much we trust IMDb, but... You know what? I, I think I like this story because it just shows how much Carrie Fisher's legacy mm-hmm. has on this fucking movie, which I love. So there you go. Yeah, good for her. Um, any other notes that you have? Any other weird tidbits or anything? Um, Gosh, I don't think so. I mean, so much of this felt like a fever dream. Part of me is like, I, sh- I should watch it again. And just see how it goes down the second time. But yeah, really, there were just so many twists and turns where I was like, wow, because this is new to me, it feels so weird. Like, I'm sure in like, in the mid 90s, nobody was seeing Gwyneth Paltrow as young Wendy being like, oh my gosh, but that's what I said. (laughs) I was literally like, it's Gwyneth. I honestly don't know how this one, like got past you like this feels like such a movie that you would rent and on a vhs at a blockbuster video and like i i okay i get it you were an infant when this movie came out but like you know having like i don't know how you could not have seen it in your you know formative years it just is crazy yeah i don't i don't know this never really crossed my crossed my path it's kind of weird I guess it's like hook to you is like Goonies for me. I just like never I miss Goonies completely. I have like mm-hmm. no memory of Goonies whatsoever. So everyone's like, hey, remember Goonies? I'd be like, I guess it's that movie with Josh Brolin in it. <laughs> That's always I'm like, oh, yeah, that Josh Brolin movie. It is very because I sort of feel the same way about Goonies. Like I saw it for the, for the first time as an adult because it felt like everybody was like Goonies, like ugh, classic kids movie. And I watched it and I was like okay well all right but it, there's no magic there for me yeah. but 
Would you remake this movie? No. Probably not. No way in hell would I remake this movie. <laughs> this movie is perfect the way it is. And it's it also feels like every time a studio's tried to remake Peter Pan, it just is like it's just not it's just not good. At least this one is doing something different. You know what I mean? Like I am thinking of three specific reimaginings of Pan that like who cares? Like, I don't know. It's just, it sucks. The version that they made in like the early 2000s was a very big deal for kids my age in Kentucky because the kid who played Peter Pan was from Mount Sterling, which is like 30, 30 miles from my hometown. And the people, the kids, they loved him. He was not my cup of tea, but he was very popular. <laughs> Jeremy Sumter, yes. Peter Pan, Jason Isaacs, Captain Hook. Wow, that's interesting. Ah, and great then, move, honestly. And then there was Peter Pan in 2015, just called Pan, starring was- Levi Miller and Hugh Jackman. Nope, sorry, Hugh Jackman is Edward Teach and Garrett Hedlund as Captain Hook. They tried to they, they were trying to do something weird with all that. No, thank you. Rooney Mara as Tiger Lily. Amanda Seyfried as Mary Darling. Cara Delevingne as a mermaid. Sure, why not? Okay. And then <laughs> I believe there was... Um, when did this come out? 2018? A 2020 movie called Wendy, which is a reimagining of the Peter Pan myth with a bunch of just fresh faces that I don't know. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, I think we I think we say no for two different reasons. You love this and, and feel feel very precious and specific towards it. I just think we don't need more of this. <laughs> but I'm and gl- with that, <laughs> I'm glad I saw it, but I was not impressed. All right. Well, if you got young kids out there, pop it on. I think they'll enjoy it, and they'll be they'll become enchanted as much as I did. But if you wait too long, they'll just be bitter old people like Kenna here. (gasps) Just they don't believe. They don't believe in magic. Yeah. Show this to your kids and then have really deep discussions about the uh, responsibilities of adulthood and suicidal ideation. Um, (laughs) And how when people start, uh, start being mean and committing violent acts, they simply cannot stop. There's lots of there's lots of good stuff in here. Lots of great stuff. Uh, okay, thank you so much for joining us this episode of Rebooted. Uh, if you like this episode, please check out our past episodes. Please check out our future episodes. Uh, we got some great ones in store for you coming up this summer. Uh, Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you find your podcasts. We're now on Spotify. Whoa. Which is very fancy. (laughs) Don't know if you heard of it, guys. A little company called Spotify. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. Anyway, um, you can also find us on social media at RebootedPod on Twitter and Instagram. Still trying to get the TikTok going. All right, guys. Uh, We will see you next time. Bangerang!
Please, one happy thought, Peter. Just one happy thought and it'll make you fly. I got it! <laughs> Not being in a slingshot would make me very happy! <laughs> 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 <laughs>